Queerly Beloveds, we are gathered here today for some juicy conversations about all things spiritually queer and queerly spiritual. I'm Sylvia Willgather-Rainbow, a spiritual life coach, retreat host with the most, and a drag queen, and I'll be chatting with the most amazing folks or simply sharing some wisdom on my own. If you like what I'm serving, please remember to subscribe so we can keep hanging out. All right, let's get super woo together in this spiritual AF, queer AF, cosmic container, and blast off! Hello, beloveds. I'm excited to introduce this next episode of Queerly Beloved, where I interview Jordy Wood, who is a multi-instrumentalist, singer, medicine carrier, and an advocate for healing. Jordy has spent much of their life learning indigenous wisdom, plant medicine, and sacred music as a means of cultivating their unique curative properties and then combining those learnings to create rich musical and medicinal healing spaces. Jordy strives to walk the heart road and is deeply committed to the path of service to those authentically seeking healing, reconnection, and heart opening. Jordy's passionate about working with individuals who are most in need of healing, including those in underrepresented communities. Jordy also has a new album out, The Wheel of Time, an ayahuasca journey, which you're going to get to preview in this interview today. So we chat in this interview about Jordy being a musician and a medicine carrier and how those two things weave together. We chat about his unique sacred path and the work he did to follow divine guidance, even when there were seemingly easier, more conventional paths showing up for him to be a successful musician, he kept choosing the heart path, which brought him to beautiful, unforeseen places. And Jordy shares how he worked with ayahuasca alongside tribes of the Amazon to heal critical medical issues he was dealing with. Then we discussed the benefits and models of working with other plants from the Amazon, using ayahuasca to interface with those more subtle plants in order to receive learnings from them. And we really fleshed that out, hearing about the different categories of plant helpers and the fascinating process of discerning what plant wants to work with which person. Next, we dive into how Jordy works with sound in medicine spaces as a kind of sonar and utilizes its capacity to transmit packets of information in sonic form that are registered on an energetic level. It's really mind-blowing hearing him describe the cosmic technology that can be used to heal. We explore Aya's ability to unlock people's creative potential and how it calls people back to their natural roles as creators. Finally, we explore the importance of diversity in these plant medicine healing spaces and how the medicine can support self-love, especially for marginalized communities. So Jordy's album, Wheel of Time, provides a channel for those who are open to receiving the vibrational medicine of the master plant allies of the Amazon. I love this album and the energy it transmits, and I'm going to play a short sample of it for you now, and then again at the end of the interview. My beloveds, please enjoy. Lay, lay, 
right, Jordy Wood. So good to see you. Welcome to Queerly Beloved. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to get to connect with you today. Yeah, thanks. It's an honor for me as well. I'm happy that we've been able to uh, make this happen. And I remember seeing your info, your music. I forget how I came across it, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is someone I would love to have on the show. And so mm. I imagine you, you know, heard from this random guy talking about a podcast. And <laughs> I just appreciate you for, for being open and receptive to that invitation. Oh, no, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's a privilege to get the opportunity to speak about these things because not always, you know, is there a um, space or a container that can hold these kinds of conversations. So, you know, when you had reached out and, and I had gotten to connect with your podcast, like it just felt very um, serendipitous to, to get that invitation. So, um, yeah, here we are. Yes. Yes to serendipity. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I would love to ask you, my my infamous first question, which is, who are you in this moment? But tell me by describing the perfect drag avatar that embodies that. And uh, if you'd like, I can go first. Um, or if you're ready to breathe into it and go, you can start. What, what feels yeah. good? Um, yeah, what comes to mind, and this is this is something that kind of is a, a an archetype that plays out throughout my my journey is um, the plume serpent or the mm. Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent, um, mm. you know, just in these regal, um, you know, Quetzal feathers and uh, that symbol of like transformation. And at the same time, this like cosmic um, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, connection as well. So that, that to me is kind of the, the archetypal energies that feel like, um, yeah, in the, my drag avatar. <laughs> mm, beautiful. Yeah, I love that archetype. I was just uh, last week at Disneyland, actually, and I was <laughs> noticing all these incredible spiritual principles and ideas that were running through some of these Disney stories. And And Coco has that archetype. I, I believe that's what I was seeing um, in this uh, beautiful projection that they did uh, in this light show at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, it was so magical and I was, it was in multi colors and just so bright and beautiful. And it, it felt like they were flying over the audience in this light and, and water projection fantasy. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I, um, I resonate with, with, uh, them as well. Um, I'll share, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit of a turtle energy. Um, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, wearing this, this, uh, soft green. And mm-hmm. lately I've been wanting to just like be on the ground, like, li- like lying down on the ground, like not just standing or sitting, but just like all of me just lying on the ground. And, and I think it in part is because of a week. I'd like Disney and California Adventures of Universal <laughs> Studios, where it was just like so much stimulation and so many people. And then coming back to my space and, feeling a little under the weather and just wanting to like ground, like being desperate <laughs> to ground. And so, so I'm, I'm in this like turtle energy of, of sort of slowing down and feeling the earth and feeling mm-hmm. grateful to be able to slow down and feel the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so excited to hear more about your story 
as a medicine carrier, as a musician. And I imagine those two things really weave together. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure which one to start, which access point to start. But uh, in my notes, my first question is to share a little bit about coming into connection with plant medicines. And if you'd prefer to start with the music piece, that works too. Yeah, I mean, it is so interrelated. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, ultimately for me, the doorway into the medicine was was the music. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the sensitivity and the vibration and the connection to... Um, a more subtle realm of being. And so, you know, for me, really, the, the music is such an important piece because it's allowed me my sense of understanding and how to navigate that realm. And, mm. you know, music to me has been kind of the constant thing in my life that's always made sense. <laughs> you know, everything else mm. is, you know, changed or, or adapted. But for me, this constant of music has really given me my understanding of the way in which the world works. Mm. And, you know, I've started playing music at a young age. I started playing piano and that's kind of really my, my main instrument is piano. And it's such a, like a beautiful map for music theory. Like it's really just laid out in front of you. You can see it in such a, a very, you know, um, uh, logical way. Mm. And, um, you know, as a young kid, I was always very interested in wanting to, you know, play music professionally. And I even went to school, um, for piano pedagogy, which is like to be a professor, a uh, teacher of music. And, you know, through a lot of various major crossroads in my life, you know, I've kind of been asked over and over again to, you know, follow this like easy path, maybe towards stardom, maybe towards a record and a record deal, you know, these kind of more worldly, um, opportunities. And then there was always this counterbalance of, um, you know, following spirit and following my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I speak a lot about this in my, in, in the ceremonies and in the workshops that I do is, you know, the heart path, you know, mm-hmm. being really one that requires us to tap into the discernment of the heart and listen mm-hmm. with full intention on where, you know, we're being guided. And, and so I've had, you know, several of these, these experiences, one in this large music act that was giving, um, was receiving a, um, a record deal, um, and choosing to follow these very vivid dreams of spirit coming in and talking to me and telling me like, this isn't the way. Wow. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so you know, music was kind of that catalyst, even for me, because in this case, you know, when I turned this, this opportunity down and I was, um, living in, in on the East coast, you know, my heart was drawing me back to, um, to Texas where I had lived for a long time. And, um, after that opportunity kind of fell through and I moved back, you know, I kind of just put it out in the universe and was like, you know, I feel like I'm ready to start to address some of these, this healing that I've, you know, been needing and trying to find help with. And Mm. I'd always kind of been a medical anomaly my whole life and had all these, you know, weird things happen to me as a kid and, you know, doctors telling me, you know, that there's a certain life expectancy and, Mm. 
they don't really know how to help me. And, um, and so at this point in my life, I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm ready to like take my health into my own hands. And, um, I had like, and set that intention just like, well, I, I want to find the ayahuasca and I want to find the medicine. And mm. like literally within two weeks, I had been contacted by somebody inviting me to, um, to go and sit. And so, um, yeah, that was to me was really the, um, the start of this path. And that mm. was, you know, about, about 12 years ago. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they are just so interwoven mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I was blessed to sit with this incredible maestro, mm. um, and his music was just so otherworldly and it touched me in a way that I, you know, I, I <laughs> didn't understand at the time. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it, it kind of led ultimately to me just being open to following the guidance of the medicine and following mm. my higher guidance. Um, and, uh, you know, that led me to being invited to come down and start dieting, which is a, a practice with the plants that is kind of a deeper immersion where you're connecting on a vibrational and spiritual level with um, other plant teachers that are not psychotropic in nature um, that have a medicinal property. Um, and then using ayahuasca to kind of interface and connect with the spirit or the energy of these plants. Mm. Um, and so a lot of my learning came from, you know, direct uh, connection with these plant allies and plant spirits. Um, I've also was blessed with a, uh, a mestizo teacher um, who was very trusting of me and saw that I had reverence for the medicine and wanted mm. to, you know, respect the lineage and the tradition. Um, and then I've also been, um, initiated into the Shipibo lineage, which is a tribe in the Ukuyali, um, river, uh, Amazon river basin. Um, and yeah, and it was ultimately all for, you know, I don't say selfish reasons, but it was for my own healing. It was for me to find relief from the suffering that I had been kind of just, um, exhausted in, from. And, um, and yeah, you know, as soon as I received the healing that I was seeking, the only natural thing was for me to share it with others. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, and so that kind of opened the doors. It wasn't something that I really had intentionalized to, to step into the medicine space as a, a medicine carrier. Um, but the community and the people that I was supporting and my teacher um, and even the medicine in such a, a really profound way, it was just kind of like pushing me up. Hmm. to to step into this role that was um uh you know had the sacred like was really respectful of the sacredness um and the traditions um and also something that's really important for me that I like to speak about a lot is for people to feel safe and hmm. for people to feel accepted and um nourished um through this experience which can you know kind of rattle us sometimes so hmm. Yeah, maybe a long, long story short. <laughs> no, beautiful. There's so many different touch points that I want to talk to and have, have some follow-up questions. But first of all, I just want to mention the piece around following that higher guidance, following that heart direction, that heart calling, and the, the challenge of that, you know, to have these other opportunities that 
by the mental game feel so much more, mm, they make so much more sense, right? It's like, wow, this is such an opportunity. This is what everybody wants, right? This is what I should want. This is exactly what I have thought I've wanted, right? And then to have that um, countered by this other feeling, this, this heart calling, I, from my experience, yeah, it can be very challenging and confusing mm-hmm. and requires so much courage to actually stay committed to the spiritual path, stay committed to the heart path in the face of all the the mind games that are going on that are saying you're making a big mistake or this is obviously not going to be the, the easy way forward. Um, so I just want to commend you for for staying, listening to the heart guidance and and to also recognize, yeah, that it's uh, a, a challenge, has been a challenge for me and, and continues to be. You know, there are continuous times where I'm like, wow, this again? Do I, and, and, do I, and I keep choosing it, you know? It's like a, a constant, continuous choice. Okay, and I'm going to choose it again and I'm going to choose it again. I'm going to stay on this path. Mm. And there's like, oh, there's almost like this sense of spiritual accountability too, Mm. which I've noticed to where, you know, it's like we can choose to learn the lesson the easy way or Mm. like if we say no, the lesson comes back in this much louder way. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think we're all ultimately given the opportunity to, um, to supersede our lessons. And I think that's really where we're at as a collective, even of like, are we ready to get off at this exit or, you know, or we want to wait a little bit longer until the road gets a little bit, you know, um, more chaotic, who knows? Mm. So, but yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It seems... That's a big piece to it too, is how long do we want to wait? You know, for me, sometimes <laughs> it is about, okay, like I can see what my heart is telling me to do. I can hear the higher calling. And I'm scared. And do I want it to last longer or do I want to just go through it? You know, I've, and it's taken me some time to get to that point. But at this point, I am seeking the more accelerated path, which, which requires more courage. Um, so yeah, I just want to honor you for, for being a a model for that. Um, and yeah, you know, one of the things that I feel is not spoken about very often, um, is a, is the more nuanced dietas that happen with the Amazonian plants. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like ayahuasca is coming, has come to the mainstream as something that people know about and they understand mm-hmm. as this transformative uh, medicine. And I have more recently heard about the, the other dietas. And I'm actually, um, you just got an email a couple of days ago with an opportunity to sit for uh, two weeks in, in Peru and be with some of these uh, other plants. And so I'm especially lit up about it and curious to hear more about your experience with interfacing with these other, perhaps more subtle plants and, and, the, and their teachings. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, you know, it is such a, a major part of the cosmology, like a, a lot of people look at ayahuasca as like the focal point, but in actuality, it's just a part of this larger um, pantheon of, mm. of allies and archetypes and healers. And and when we're, we're looking at, you know, healing and we're looking at helping someone who has come on, come in with like a condition or they've come in with, um, you know, something that they're wanting to work on, um, 
you know, in so many ways, um, you know, the plants are already talking to us and trying to show us which, you know, like which plant wants to work with that individual. Mm. Um, and, you know, what we find is that, you know, part of the healing, aside from, you know, immersing people in nature and kind of taking away their normal means of, you know, distraction, you know, will sometimes take away people's, you know, uh, iPads or, or even art stuff or, um, books, anything that can kind of, um, distract someone. And my teacher would always tell me, it's like the things that begin to come up when we start to just to limit our distractions, mm. that that's the sickness, mm. that's the illness. And oftentimes it comes from a lack of a certain type of archetypal energy or a lack of a lesson that has been received, um, you know, addictive patterns um, and the way that trauma shows up in the body vehicle, mm. um, that oftentimes there is a helper that can like fit, find and fit into um, that space that is needing um, reconciliation and needing healing. And in essence, you know, the plants are kind of divided into these four different categories. Um, the first category being one of purification. Um, and so there's a lot of plants that kind of fall into either a purgative um, uh, or any other sort of expectorant or helping to kind of um, cleanse the body. Um, and then the second category is um, for sensitivity. And so there's a lot of plants that kind of help with the nervous system, with opening the gates of perception that um, can help us to tune in on a more subtle level um, to the energetics of mm. plants. Um, the third category being um, for strengthening. Um, to help to invite more energy into the body um, or into the spirit um, to allow for the healing to happen. I mean, so many people come into these spaces and they're just depleted after, you know, how long of trying to, you know, to work with these things. Um, and then the last category is one is of uh, protection. And mm -hmm. so these plants, um, oftentimes they're trees, very large trees mm -hmm. um, that have more strength and have more capacity to help um, give you a buffer um, in your work or in your life. Um, and so, yeah, so we kind of can see, you know, judging on how people come in and the energies that they're um, wanting to work with, um, we can kind of look in to see what's going on on an energetic level. And oftentimes we just see like these plants growing around the individual and in our visions. And so, wow. it's, you know, it's like, we're like, oh, this plant is very present with you. It wants to work with you. And I think that's kind of where a lot of people don't understand is like, you know, although we're helping people through our lens of understanding and what the plants have taught us that ultimately we're listening to your higher self and we're listening mm. to the plant medicines. Um, and we're, we're kind of creating a protocol for that, you know, to, to come through. And this is higher intelligent that is more intelligent than, than all of us, you know, that, um, that kind of can begin this process in a way that, um, uh, creates an intentional connection with these plants. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much yeah. for breaking that down. It makes me even more excited about this possibility. Uh, and so from my understanding, 
one would concoct sort of a, a mix of the plants that would most serve this person. And then that person would, in theory, be kind of drinking this, uh, this elixir throughout their time in the jungle and then be sitting with Aya throughout that time as well. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that in drinking that, that elixir, that is having some impact or influence on the cer- the ceremony with with ayahuasca or is there is i am i getting the, the sense of it and you know th- this is all mm, under a, a mysterious umbrella so if if it doesn't feel right to share more that's okay yeah. but yeah. i'm just curious yeah and it you know it's different traditions do different things like for mm. Uh, what I find to be the most beneficial is that we work with one plant at a time. Mm. Um, I find that it helps people to begin to start to attune to the frequency of these plants. And that's really what it is that we're doing. We're trying to resonate our frequency at the same frequency as these, at these, as these plants are, are operating mm. at. Um, and so, um, a lot of things kind of begin to happen because we're, we're stopping eating any sort of sensory food, any excitotoxins, anything that's just, um, you know, can distract us from the subtle. We kind of begin to take out. And mm. so a lot of my diets, you know, I've been in the jungle three months, six months at a time eating nothing but quinoa and sweet potatoes. Mm. Um, and then working with this one individual plant and, you know, we, it it does. It starts to work on us on a subtle level. It starts to change us. Um, it starts mm. to bring things up. It starts to put us into circumstances where these energies that we have not resolved in our being can then be brought up and sometimes very interesting ways, you know. Um, and then absolutely, like I really feel like ayahuasca in this context really acts as this interface it acts as Mm -hmm. this bridge and this intermediary for us to connect with the spirit of these plants that we're working with and like you said drinking every morning Mm -hmm. um and you know the to kind of connect it back to the music you know the plants in a lot of ways um, as they begin to get to know you and as they begin to connect with you. And, you know, for me, my process is to like treat it like I would a teacher and give it reverence and gratitude and love and, um, spend time with it and sing its songs, you know, mm. um, that eventually this plant will come in your visionary space or your dream space or your meditation, mm. um, and offer you its song. Mm. And the plant says, you know, basically like you don't need to take me internally anymore. When you need me to provide mm-hmm. healing, just call me by my song. Wow. And so the Ikaros and the medicine songs that you're hearing in these ceremonial contexts, um, you know, some are passed down in a lineage, but most often these songs that are being sung are plant songs that have been directly transmitted from diets and from um, this interchange that we have um, when we work in this subtle way. Wow, beautiful. Thank you. That's Exciting. Um, could you share a little bit more about Icaros and your experience with the songs, perhaps songs that you've been gifted in your work? Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a incredible technology. Like it's mm. this ancient technology, but it's, you know, it's so cosmic in nature. And 
um, you know, sound in its, in its own right, you know, can carry our intention. You know, I feel in so many ways, like, I mean, we can say, I love you 50 different ways, you know, but mm. how my intention comes across through me expressing it in that way, um, can be felt, um, on a subtle level. And so sound has this incredible capacity to like transmit packets of information, um, in a, in its sonic form that re- is registered on an energetic level that mm. our body doesn't necessarily always, you know, re- register consciously. Mm. Um, and so these songs, you know, when I was taught how to, to guide ceremonies through singing, um, my teacher would always tell me, he said, follow the visions that the, the songs are actually kind of almost narrating what it is that we're seeing in the patient um, or in the room or in front of us. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of almost like a step-by-step guide where we're like, okay, mm-hmm. now we're cleaning and now we're rinsing this off and now we're working with your liver and your kidneys mm-hmm. and, you know, now you have something going on in your spine. So we're going to help to align the energies and, um, you know, it's kind of this like guidance navigation system that, mm. um, that helps us to move through any obstacles that we're overcoming. And that's really how I see it. It's like we're, we're driving this ship through our songs. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. So, and then there's this weird mechanism and I'm just going to try to speak about this. That's like the, the songs almost act as like a sonar, like, mm when the sound comes out of me and bounces off of another individual, Mm. like I then get the information on what's going on in that individual's body or in that individual's process, or I start to get visions on what they're seeing. And, um, and then there's like this corrective mechanism that happens in myself. So I start to feel the energies in my body and then I start to correct it in myself by inviting in, the plants and my allies to help with whatever it is that I feel like is needing support. Mm. And then once it's corrected in my body vehicle, I send that frequency back out to the individual and then they, their body can start to entrain to that higher vibrational frequency and actually, you know, work and, and heal if that makes sense. So what an epic process. That's so amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Wow. Beautiful. Um, wait, so that was just such an amazing piece of information The the technology of that is just mind boggling. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that I've noticed in my experience with, with ayahuasca is that it wants more song. It wants more music, um, mm. or that's my experience of it. And, and so many people I know have felt called to, to start singing or playing an instrument or, you know, being musical and bringing music back into their lives. I personally went and got a Shruti box and, um, you know, have started creating songs that are just flowing through me um, since my first sit with Aya, which was nothing something I would have considered doing in the past. Um, but it's such a big part of my journey and my process now. I'm curious if you've seen that and if you have any thoughts on why that might be that that Aya is bringing out this musicality in folks. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. There's definitely like an inspiration that happens in those spaces where people begin to unlock their creative potential. And, 
you know, music is definitely more accessible in that space. I mean, our gates of perception begin to open up so that we can be, we start to hear on a deeper level. We start to feel on a deeper level. We're connected to our emotions. Our heart opens. Our throat chakra opens. You know, these, this kind of, um, natural propensity that the healing kind of provides, um, it taps us into that that creator role. And mm-hmm. I think that ultimately is a, is a really large source of where we um, need healing in this mm-hmm. life is to step back into that creator role. So I definitely mm-hmm. see it a lot um, as a mechanism for people to not only continue their healing, but to connect back with the healing that they have already received. And, and that's really one of the reasons why I made the album in the first place, the wheel mm-hmm. of time was was as a mechanism for integration. It was mm-hmm. just for the community, for people who have sat with me in Peru and mm. had, you know, uh, connections with these songs. And, um, and so, yeah, you know, and it's, it's, I love it. I love getting, I get all these texts all the time of people playing mm. an instrument or a charango or, you know, having mm. their song. And, and I think it's such a beautiful gift. And I had someone ask me one time, like, what's the trick on, on being able to do what you do? And I thought about it for a while and I really came to the understanding that what allows for that transmission to happen is the ability to be able to listen. Mm. And in so many ways, the music is already there. Mm. Um, and it's learning how to sing along with it. Wow. And our world is so musical. Our universe is so musical that I think as soon as we start to heal and we start to open up that that music becomes more present in our being. Mm. It's like holding that space for the music to unfold, that it's, it's there. We just need to hold the space, the listening for it to, to manifest. And in a, a similar way, that's what we're doing when we are creating opportunities of healing. The healing mm-hmm. wants to happen. It's our natural state and we need to mm-hmm. create the space, the listening or, or whatever it is that will allow that healing to, to take place. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think in so many ways too, the healing, I mean, we're our, we all are instruments and we're all vibrating. Mm-hmm. And so the healing allows for those pieces to, that are, you know, tense and holding us from our most vibrant um uh vibration um that we then as we begin to heal we start to vibrate and resonate with the medicine and Mm. one of the pieces that i love is like you know about harmonics is that you know if you play a, a note on a piano maybe a c note on a piano that all the other c strings on the piano will begin to vibrate um and I really see that as a, an allegory for us and as our being. Like as soon as we start to play the frequencies of love and healing, um, it vibrates in others and mm. activates and awakens others. So, um, yeah, just I, I love that 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 way of thinking. Yeah, and I also just want to comment on this piece around integration. And I similarly have felt so grateful that there are these medicine songs, you know, that you can find on Spotify to keep that magic alive so that 
you know, we, we can't all sit with Aya every weekend and we probably shouldn't, but to have that um, resonance be part of our lives through the music, I've found so helpful. I mean, it's mostly what I listen to now and your album is, is definitely on my playlist and I, I'm so grateful for it and for what you bring through with it. Um, I, I would like to tap on to, before we end, I want to just tap into uh, some convo about, about queerness in this space. And I'm curious uh, how that has been for you to navigate um, as a, a carrier. I don't personally know a lot of folks who uh, are in this space uh, who are holding that as well. Yeah. And it's been, a, you know, even over the last decade, a lot has changed. Mm. Um, and I see a lot of need for not only, you know, queer spaces, um, but just diverse spaces. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to create diversity in these containers, um, not only provides healing for those who maybe have been outcasted, but it also provides healing for those who have the privilege and have the access to, um, these medicines that maybe don't really understand or know. Um, where the need is. Um, and so for me, I mean, it, the medicine has given me in so many ways, um, uh, self love. Um, mm. you know, that was really, you know, being raised in a very conservative household and, um, and living in Texas and, you know, all the things that mm-hmm. we, we bump up against in our, in our world that maybe doesn't want to validate, um, the way that I feel, um, the way that mm. we feel, mm. um, is, yeah, it, it created a need and it created um, a space for uh, me to recognize in myself where I still was holding on, holding back. And I mean, I still work with and work through shame mm. um, and guilt and, um, you know, X, Y, Z, all the things that are sure. that, um, the queer uh, realm can kind of lend to. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, but what it really created in me was this understanding that not everyone is going to feel safe with you. Mm. Not everyone's going to feel safe um, in these settings. Um, but I find that the more that I show up authentically, the more it gives permission for others to show up authentically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, even recently, you know, just, just trying to understand, um, how to show up, um, mm-hmm. for others that don't, uh, create a, a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm actually working up right now in a healing institute near Dallas and I'm, I mean, I'm in the Bible belt, you know, I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm in the Bible belt and, mm-hmm. um, it's allowed me and a privilege of being able to understand how to create a larger vocabulary for others um, so that Mm. those defense mechanisms don't come up Um, and recognizing too, that it's not necessarily always up to me and that, Mm. um, you know, sometimes the medicine is to actually create an uncomfortable reaction, you know? Mm. And so, um, yeah, but, but to kind of answer your question, um, you know, it's changed a lot in the last 10 years and I, I still see that there's an opportunity for, for, um, having a safe space. Um, and, you know, I love the work that, um, you know, the Tracuna Institute's doing and, um, you know, there are a lot of, 
a lot of circles that I am seeing where their message is about inclusivity. Because mm. in this realm, there is a lot of exclusivity. There is a lot of groups that operate and they don't invite new people and they don't, you know, they only kind of work with these certain um, demographic of people. And um, and it is, it's a hard realm to kind of find and, and, and understand what you're getting into. But um, yeah, how do we have these, these spaces that provide a container for um, these deep traumatic experiences that people mm. go through to be able to unravel in a way that um, doesn't re-traumatize people um, or spin us out in a way that, mm. you know, puts us into a healing crisis. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this work is so important for everybody, but I think particularly for those who have some really deep seated wounds, which you know, let's face it, a lot of queer folks have. And so I just really honor you for, for being a champion in this work as a queer person and to hold that space for folks. And it's something I'm feeling more and more called to do is to create opportunities for queer folks to sit in these kinds of ceremonies. So I, um, look forward to maybe us connecting and, and, and working on that mission together at some point in the future. Uh, maybe bringing some queer folks down into Peru or, or something exciting and, and, and transformative like that. Just dropping that seed, planting that little seed there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll nourish it. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And, uh, so yeah, as we wrap up, any, any final thoughts you want to share with the listeners? Um, yeah, I mean, The Wheel of Time, it's available on Spotify, mm. Apple, Pandora, all the things. Um, it's a, it was recorded, um, when I was in the medicine space. So there is, you know, there is a lot of energy tied up into that album that is in, with an intention of healing and helping support people through their process. So, um, that is an, an, uh, available to people. Um, and then as well, um, I'm in the process of helping a retreat center open up in uh, Peru and Pucallpa that we will mm. be doing uh, plant diets and bringing groups down for 15, 30 days, 60 day plant diets. Um, Kenabari is the name of the retreat center in Pucallpa. And, um, but yeah, if people want to get a hold of me, they can reach out, um, on my website, jordywoodmusic.com. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's everything. Beautiful. Yeah. I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes as well, but this has been such a, an honor and a privilege and a joy to, to speak with you and to receive some of these thoughts, insights, wisdoms, and thank you for what you do in the world. Likewise. Thank you for your platform and for spreading the love. Well, that was a super fun and fascinating conversation for me to have. I hope you enjoyed it too. Check the show notes for how to connect with Jordy. You can also see how to connect with me. And if you have a free minute to write a five-star review of this podcast or to share with a friend, I would be most grateful. I'm also going to leave you with another snippet of Jordy's album. And you can find the whole album wherever you listen to music, The Wheel of Time and Ayahuasca Journey. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.